0: Hello, my name is Peter Lewis, and welcome to the Give Yourself the Chat podcast, the show dedicated to a life of high performance. Hello, so everyone. Welcome to uh, Give Yourself the Chat podcast. Uh, this is uh, this is my second episode now, and I'm delighted to say that I've got a chap that um, I've never actually met in person, um, but with coronavirus and everything else like that, I've I've met virtually, and we just hit it off straight away. Um, Al Humes has joined me today, so Al, a very good morning to you. Um, how are you? Uh,
1: good morning, Peter. Yeah, I'm really well actually. In the uh, in the circumstances, I guess. Um, Getting way, getting used to a new way of operating, I guess, from home and uh, trying to trying to devise a routine as well and, and keep up a routine. It's, yeah. it's challenging, and, and, and as you know, when you've got children and you know other commitments, and uh, you're trying to keep everything as normal as you can do. I've got a younger a younger daughter who's six who doesn't quite, you know, yeah. she's mentioning the word but doesn't quite grasp what's going on. So it's it's trying to. Keep an element of normality, which I'm sure you'll appreciate is
0: quite challenging. Well, it it is. I mean, I've I've been chatting to loads of people. I didn't quite realise how difficult the whole working from home can be when you've got young kids who just see mum and dad. And surely that's Um, playtime. Whereas I'm quite fortunate. My children are uh, pushing 18 and 15. Uh, I don't see them before one in the afternoon because teenagers just don't get up. Yeah. And I know my son's awake because the Wi-Fi really gets a caning, you know, so um, I, I, I've, I completely understand the challenge it has and, and coaching a lot of people about how do you actually do this? this working from home, Lark, it can be hard work and video calls. It, yeah, it's exhausting, actually.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, my legs are killing me because I've I've never spent so much time on the trampoline to be honest. With <laughs> six-year-old just says, "Daddy, daddy, come and you know trampoline," and you, yeah, you, you know you don't want to, you, you don't want to quell their sort of enthusiasm, so you go and have a bounce for ten yeah. minutes and then yeah. come back. So, yeah. yeah, it's a whole new whole Told new. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Especially in our world. Um, I, that's people facing very much based on interaction, and um, you know, and then you suddenly lose that kind of face-to-face human connection, and you know, uh, the ability to sort of read people's uh, emotions on their body language, etc., etc. Whilst you can kind of still do that, in, uh, do that to some degree in this medium, it, it's very constraining, but. Yeah, so it's a challenge, definitely a challenge, and it it's. I, th- I guess it sounds like you're in the same place where you're thinking, okay, so how do we, how do we, how do we sort of adjust our approach? It was interesting last week. Uh, so I was meant to fly to Edinburgh to do a conference, and uh, in fact, it was the week before, and um, for sixty-four people, and the organisation I was working with said, you know, we still want to go on with this, but could we? get a little bit creative about it. And so we had to think about it. I mean, it was literally two or three days out. And so we, we ran it in the end um, and we ran it as a debate. Um, and, it, it, and it worked really well. Yeah. Um, it tested the technology to some degree. Um, it sure. tested their technology as well. And actually yeah. there, was, there was elements of it that, were, that weren't up to speed, weren't, weren't up, to, up to snuff really. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting times, isn't it?
0: Well, it's interesting. And, you know, I know a lot of people are suffering and, uh, but, but equally that there is also the, the opportunity and I think certainly what I've done and very much in keeping with give yourself the chat, it's like, well, okay, I can sit on my hands here or I can get proactive, I can try and upskill. And, and we'll find a little bit more about your background in a second, what you're up to right now. But, you know, all my work was, was offline work, like you just said, your client in Edinburgh. Um, so now I've been sort of hustling hard to pivot to the online space, and 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 one of the one of the outputs of that is this this, this podcast, you know, and this conversation with you, my friend. And and just for the listeners' um, point of view, we've only met virtually. This is the second time we've spoken, but we kind of, I think we were both engaged with some LinkedIn chat thread, and something I posted about service really resonated with you, and and that's how we struck a conversation and when I sort of talked about this podcast idea you were very helpful in helping me shape those those ideas so I, I thank you in advance for that um because I know I, I think I'm one one or two episodes ahead of you this is your first podcast this is know.
1: this is my first this is my podcast cherry <laughs> bean pot um, it, 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 I'm not allowed to say that but it's definitely that <laughs> um, I, I don't I know apologize. how I feel about that, that but yeah possible. <laughs> Wrong phrase but you get no, my um, no,
0: I get it I get it
1: yeah it's it is actually and i think um i am naturally a uh, probably a, a reserved kind of guy I like my own space I like uh, to reflect on things and uh, although um you know uh, and we have similarities in our background and i think again that was part of the connection is that as you go through your life and your career and everything, it kind of develops you and and it pushes you into those areas that you're not comfortable and mm. really really gets you to do that stuff and yeah. um, uh, which is great and it, it you know it goes back to that, that 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 phrase of character building you know and I think it yeah. it it, it's, it really is true so I feel much more comfortable now and I think you know if you asked me to do this 20 years ago uh, oh, you know I'll be I'll be, I'd be mortified but um yeah. Yeah. but uh, yeah it's good I, but I think, I, thank you for inviting me it's well, uh, and, I, and I think it's right and it, it, do you know what the amazing thing is is that what I think what this has done in many ways is that you start to connect with people and we're going to talk about obviously about purpose and values today but you start yeah. to connect with because you can see it come through their their, their content and what they're saying those, yeah. those that sort of those values those shared yeah. values that you yeah. go actually I really I really agree with that and uh, that really resonates with me and you know the, the, the being honest they fit it feels authentic as well mm. and, and I, 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 that's the sort of sense I got with you and and, and and actually quite a few other people that have commented on posts. and I thought you know there's a there's a real collective sort of uh, sense of uh, I, I was going to say humanity that's probably been a little bit uh, philosophical but in terms of you know, like-minded people, I guess, coming yeah. together,
0: which uh, which is a great thing. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's a shame oh, in many ways all the opportunity that our hand has been forced to do that. But I think much good will come out of this. And yeah, you, you say we, we kind of hit it off around the conversation of service and, and power. So when I floated uh, a, a range of subjects to you, I, I know that purpose and values was kind of really resonated and, and wanted to talk about today, which we'll go into uh, a little bit later on. But just... You know, you know for my benefit as well as the listeners, of course, um, bring us up to date with what 's brought you here now in terms of I know we have a shared background uh, with military service and and, and actually i didn 't know any of that when before you know we, we kind of sort of hit it off it was only our first call, we realized actually there 's a lot of parallels there. But equally, there's a lot of work you're doing in, uh, in the elite sports space and involved in humanitarian stuff. So there's an awful lot there. But just kind of pick out some of the highlights to give us some context about, uh, you know, Al the man and, and what kind of brings you to your, this point in your life.
1: Yeah, it's... Um... I guess like you say there's a lot of history there and, and sometimes it's just sitting there reflecting back on your career but um and I sort of did that over the last couple of days just trying to think after our conversation okay let's let's have a real approach on that what, what got me here I guess for um probably start with the presence easier just so I've been out in the military for two years um and I do it i have kind of foot in a couple of camps really uh I chaired a number of uh, uh panels independent panels on behalf of UK sport, and went into uh, UK, sorry, um, world class programmes, um, right. and they were they were effectively cultural health checks. So it was going in and speaking to the to the sport, to the athletes, coaches, etc., uh, spending two or three days with them, um, and then formulating a report. And it was really just to say, look, these are the areas you're doing really well in, and but you know, we through our observations and acknowledging it's a, it's it's. A, a snapshot um you know you could focus some some energy here as well so that was one that was one element and then I guess I I said to you the other day I was probably 10 years behind you and where you are and um I I work with organizations and some infrastructure projects in London as well and design and deliver leadership programs but it they're a little bit more involved than that, so if we look at behaviors, we look at culture what you know what environment are you trying to to create so my, they were my for the last two years cutting my teeth as it were mm. uh, and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed that it's been I've worked with some amazing people the first first um, first panel that I chaired, I had Ben Ryan the uh Fijian sevens Olympic coach Olympic gold minute winning coach sat to my left and then the chief medical officer for the FA on my right and talk about imposter syndrome and I like, bet, yeah. scary, I'm thinking, my god these people you know yeah but I think I think it's um I think then you very quickly reach back and say look draw on all that experience that you've had yes in a different world uh, but you can bring that to the fore so that's been for the fast uh, for, so for the last two years um we're starting a new venture um and and coronavirus has definitely put a pause on this but with my business partners and um looking at developing immersive exercises and, uh, or immersive experiences, should I say. And it's, uh, we work with a, a fantastic charity in Salisbury called Servon. Okay. And uh, they're a humani- humanitarian response charity. Uh, they have a uh, international response team. Uh, they go out to major disasters, earthquakes, hurricanes, etc. and they have community resilience teams. And we've, we've kind of partnered with them we run these uh, sort of 24 to 48 to even 72 hours uh, experiences. And it's really wrapped around how do you you embed purpose and meaning into the mission, into what you're doing. So we take an activity like a disaster response activity down on their training area and we run people from organisations through that, Um, which I think is a slightly different way of... Uh, delivering and probably a lot of sort of, what I would say, leadership, team-building type activities. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's on pause at the moment, uh, obviously, uh, but we're still working in the background. It does give us a bit of space, actually, to try and refine it a bit more. I guess, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. Me, that's me re, uh, up to date, as it were. Oh,
0: fantastic. There's, um, there's lo- loads in there. There's, um, I-, I made a few notes as you were speaking, and there's a couple of things. So, at, at a very personal level, when you were describing... Being next to the uh, the Fijian rugby coach and the FA representative whatever you mentioned that that imposter syndrome which I know yeah, a lot of us us feel and face and uh, you know there is a classic opportunity when you're feeling you know do I belong here or who am I to to be able to that, that that's a time to give yourself the chat isn't it i mean so how how did how do you kind of deal with that because so many of our listeners and myself included we all feel that and i think we have to legitimize imposter syndrome but yeah, how do you personally kind of get get over yourself
1: yeah it's it's a really good question and i i think it's looking back at your own history and looking at those moments you know in your own career and time um But actually you've had to do that in a, you know, and and I think, you know, we share a military background and, uh, you know, just going up through the rank system, you're perpetually always sort of, you're at the next rank and you think, can I actually do this? Um, You know, I went through the ranks and then got to W01 and then commissioned from there. And again, you take that giant leap into a slightly different world. Uh, and, and you question yourself, but I think very quickly you realise, and, and, and that's what happened with UK, the, the work for UK sport, is, you know, you've, you've gathered all these skill sets. Um, and and I think, you know, you go back to your own personal philosophy um, and your own personal values and saying, I can do this. I've done it before, maybe in a slightly different guise. Um, and, but I just need to just to... You know, go back to my framework, my frame of reference, to to to, to be able to conduct this, and it and it it works, and very quickly. You just get into it, you roll with it, and you get on with it. And um, I think a lot of people resonate with that. You, there always yeah. there is always that self doubt, and I think that's a healthy thing sometimes because I think in many ways it kind of boots that you know the arrogance and uh, you know the ego into the into the long grass. Yeah. Um, times uh, well, well, we do carry that and i think ego can be a, a dangerous thing sometimes um well so yeah know, that, ab- that's
0: how I do it. absolutely the, the whole it's interesting i've read read around this subject i mean that the more qualified people are and the more experienced they are then the more they tend to feel the imposter syndrome and i think that's linked with the idea of even though they that they are tremendously experienced. They, they they recognize there's still so much to learn. It's that sort of growth mm. mindset piece. Whereas the mm. opposite of imposter syndrome is said to be the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is um, the, a little bit of knowledge and hubris and overconfidence in that knowledge means that, well, I see, I know everything. I can go and do this. So actually, imposter syndrome, the way I've reframed it is if I'm feeling this, that's a good sign because it, it's just telling me that actually Okay, there's, th- this is a learning experience. This is something to embrace, and it is just a fear of looking a fool or being. But actually, these fears never really manifest. So it, it is, yeah. The more qualified you are, actually, the more you tend to feel imposter syndrome, which seems a, a little bit perverse. I know, but um, yeah. And
1: I think in many ways it drives curiosity. Yes. I think if you if you've drives curiosity and whatever you're doing. And and you do take that back seat. And how many people have you met, Peter, that, you know, they just go on permanent send and, you know, they just talk and talk and talk without, as, you know, as has been discussed in a lot of arenas, you, you know, you only have to read HBR or something like that, um, you know, in in, in terms of the, the power of listening, but be able to just step back and actually be curious about what you, you know, the, the, the job you're going to do there and, and really engage the people around you. And I think, I think that gets people on board really, really quickly as
0: well. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, and you also mentioned uh, ego there as well. I, I'm a big fan of, uh, I don't know if you come across him, Ryan Holiday, who is a prolific author. He's written a book called The Obstacle is the Way, um, Ego is the Enemy, and Stillness yep. is the Key. It's very much sort of focused on the philosophy of Stoicism. Um, He talks about ego being the enemy and it's just, you you need to park that. And, you know, when I'm working with clients in in meetings or whatever, I say, look, leave your ego at the door. Um, You can pick it up on the way out, you know, because it will just get in the way. And I think having the self-awareness to recognize when your ego is getting in the way is, again, it's an endearing feature and function for other people because they recognize that humility or they recognize you're deliberately trying to... To, to make good of a situation and it's not about you and i think that's so much of what we're going to speak to today around uh purpose and values and everything else um mm. and, you know, the ego component part of that it's it's all kind of wrapped in so yeah. let me ask you kind of transitioning to that the sort of subject of today's episode i gave you a long list you chose yeah. uh purpose and values um so T- tell me why that really kind of resonated and, and then really let's kind of see where that takes us in, in terms of the work you're doing or, or your own philosophy around this. this
1: yeah. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it resonated with me and it jumped out at me. Uh, you know, the others just fell to the wayside because. Uh, for me, they, it, it bleeds into all of those other topic areas. You know, it, I think it's foundational that um, even just doing some, you know, some basic work around not only you we could probably approach this in two two ways is having your own sort of personal purpose and your values but also talking about it in terms of organizations as well and and how how you get those to marry up and 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 when they do they can be extremely powerful um so yeah for me it, it just jumped out because you know it leads into in terms of decision making uh you know um Well, uh, sort of major decisions within your life, and how you actually live your life as well. In terms of how how you're going to map this out, what's the roadmap going to look like? And I think it becomes easier then to think I need to live according to my own, you know, purpose, values, philosophy. And I think uh, I think really importantly. Because people talk about identity as well. You know, mm. what's your identity? Yeah. I think, you know, once once you understand that kind of purpose and the values, that that really informs your identity. Um, I think the litmus test to that is then, do other people recognize that in you? You know, because you can tell yourself, look, like, it's only a 180, isn't it? Uh, yes. You can say, look, this is, this is me, this is who I am, this is how I operate. But that actually might not be what other people see. So the behaviors, and I loved your sort of post a few weeks ago talking about uh you know your values being anchored to the seabed and yes uh, you know and 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 the 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 sea being the sort of environment that's around you and as long as you stay true to them then then i think you know you can you can navigate your way through some some difficult decisions and 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 planning you know what you're going to do next as well
0: I, I love the fact that you've now just given me confirmation that one person has read my article on, on LinkedIn. And <laughs> I say, I say rather line. jokingly, I, mean, it's, I, mean, I, I, I create these episodes um, assuming that nobody's listening, and I write articles and blog posts assuming nobody's reading. And, and, and I, I say, if, if this just affects one person or gets one person to think differently, then my work is done. So thank yeah, you. I, <laughs> it was
1: really good. It was a fantastic... Um, analogy i thought and and it really resonated with me i thought oh i'm gonna I, you know someone said to me the best coaches are thieves and they are you know <laughs> they'll steal they'll steal everything <laughs> that is well,
0: good I I I, I I I can't i was going to say i need to uh, remember who to attribute that metaphor to and for the listeners it's just saying that your your values are the anchor on the seabed and your if you're rooted to um a clear sort of Uh, purpose and values then your behaviors can change with the sea state so if it's calm but if it's a if it's a boy tethered to the 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 point here is that your behaviors as long as they're tethered to something more meaningful like your purpose and your values then actually you'll be able to navigate all the trials and tribulations and and rough seas Um, and and, and that really kind of resonated with me and I think it's interesting it's when I've worked with clients in the past and a lot of the work I do on leadership programs we talk about Module one, you know, what is around about self-leadership? What, is, what are your values and what are your mm. purpose? And I'm yet to meet a group that has done any serious work on that. So we've got a lot of people who are in leadership positions out there who might talk about mission of the organization and perhaps even the why, because that's really quite popular now with Simon Sinek's work, isn't yep. it, which I'm a big fan Absolutely. of, but a lot of organizations are jumping on this why. But it's interesting, the leaders within the organization have never given it a second thought some of them might have an idea what their values are, but when you drill even further and say, well, okay, what's your purpose? So many people kind of miss this, and yet it's such a fundamental thing. And I'm always curious as to know, well, why is that with the human condition? Why don't we really do more serious work on this stuff?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I think the organisations the organizations that do it well, and I think that the leaders that really get it, and actually do, do some homework behind it, but, you know, really sp- spend some time, and that might not just be a couple of days, that might weeks, months, years in many ways. Look at the organisation we were in. You know, we, we had a very strong set of values, but that was forged in years, hundreds of years of history. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, they're imposed on us and they, they hang on posters and everything, but they're, 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 they have gone through that sort of fire pit of, um, you know, forming them. And um, I think those organisations that do it well do that homework And then what they do really well is simplify so that it's understandable. Um, They should be, uh, you know, because you go into a lot of places where you see those values just hanging on the wall. Mm. But actually when you go and ask, you know, individuals at uh, any level, what do they mean? What do they mean to the organization and what do they mean, you know, to you? And often they can't explain them they're just words on a wall that look yeah. pretty it's a nice poster and i think i think you can have external looking values for the organization uh and i think you can have those internal values as well and they should certainly mirror each other but they might speak differently to the different audiences
0: so that's, that's a very interesting point you make there because as you were talking it sprung to mind one of my uh, clients uh, they'll remain nameless but um it, one of their internal values which did match the the values you can read on the website was uh, don't be a dick yeah which was yeah don't be selfish now they didn't put that on their website it would have been articulated in another way but don't be a dick everyone got that and understood what that meant whereas you can go in some organizations to your point the poster there you know honesty integrity communicate whatever and i say to them well companies like enron You know, that that huge kind of failure uh, 20 odd years ago and and some malpractice, they had values that spoke of, you know, we treat each other well and we're honest and everything else. And look what happened to them. So your point about living and breathing it, but also understanding it, so important. Don't be a dick.
1: Yeah, I I think, I don't know if I know the organization you're on about, but there's certainly one I've seen where effectively as you walk into their office, that phrase is emblazoned on their wall at sort of like six foot high. So if that communicates internally, okay, you know, so I think in many ways, one time, you know, some values become uh, what should I feel just be accepted human behaviors as in, you know, um, you know, this should be the basics. We shouldn't have to tell you about this. Our values are, this is who we are. And this mm-hmm. is what we do around here. And I and, and I've definitely stolen that. Um, so I worked with one of the projects I worked uh, on with with a guy called Owen Eastwood. Now, Owen Eastwood um, is a performance coach. He's worked with the New Zealand All Blacks. Uh, he's mentioned in Legacy. Oh, the great book. Yeah? yeah, and uh, South African cricket team, FA, Gareth, Southgate, et cetera. So uh, very well, uh, highly regarded, uh, you know, a focus on culture, performance coach. And, um, you know, he, he sort of broke it down in talking about, um, you know a, a team's identity and it really does go back to the explaining I guess you're explaining to the organization that this is who we are this is what makes us different uh, this is how we go about our business you know and and that should be understood from top to bottom and going back to your point in terms of leadership I think even if sometimes leadership get it and they do the homework where it falls down sometimes is that is that cascade of communication down, making sure that everyone absolutely understands is on is on point you know and understands and can ask questions around it as well mm-hmm. um, you know so they, they can effectively live those values as well or try to live those values because what we can't forget is you and I know we fail, you know, often with them. We, we, we get it wrong. And I've certainly got it wrong many a time in my career, um, you know, and, and had to come back into lane quite quickly. So it, it acts as a really powerful framework to realign as well. And I think, and he uses the phrase alignment. It's that alignment through the organization. And have you communicated that well? Uh, and, and, and it often falls down in the middle sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I describe it as middle management, but mm. it effectively is that. And, and has it really cascaded well down to, I guess, the, the workforce or the athletes, etc.
0: So as ever, uh, there's loads in there to want to unpack. Um, this... I'm a big fan of an author called Patrick Lencioni, who's written yeah, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team yes. and Advantage. And he talks about organizational health and very simple model to understand. But he said, actually, as a leader, your role then becomes to become the CRO, the Chief Repeating Officer. You know, <laughs> to your point, you can't just put them up on the wall and expect people to live and breathe them you have a leader and manager or even just a team member has to model the way and you really do have to keep reinforcing it. And, and I guess for those who are business owners, executives, or anyone listening to this, um, what you want is people to come back to you and say, look, do you know what? We understand already or, or to even preempt what you're going to say because you've said it so many times. If you think you're over communicating it, then just keep going because you probably mm. haven't. So there's that. I also want to go back to, um, Fabulous book on the All Blacks' legacy. I just loved that book. And, and again, okay. listeners, if you haven't read this one, it's uh, you it know, really speaks to the purpose and values and what has made the All Blacks such a dominant team over decades, You know, not just a snapshot in time. And I think one of the values there, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is sweep the floor. Yeah. Is, it, is that no, right?
1: Sweep the sheds. Yeah. Sweep the sheds.
0: Uh, and tell us a little bit what do you remember about that, because I was really struck with you know how that particular value is wrapped up in humility. It's wrapped up, it's it's ego less. It's all sorts of things. Just why don't we yeah. just pull that thread?
1: I, and I'll probably draw I'll actually draw on my military experience, and I, I guess any any serviceman or woman that's that's listening to this will, will will see this and feel this. Is that you know it is about doing you know those little things. Um, it is about you know, making sure uh, a phrase I, I forgot his name, a commandant at Sandhurst years ago. You know, to see it through to the end, to make sure. So they, you know, once the match is finished for the All Blacks, so their ex, you know, their philosophy says that they don't just leave it to the, you know, the cleaners to sweep their, their their changing room up. They get down and they do the, they still do the hard yards as well, and they they make sure that they they don't forget that humility. Uh, and I think, certainly with the All Blacks, they have that, that spiritual element uh, mm. in, in terms of the Maori culture as well. And it is about hum, uh, you know, being humble. And I think that's probably reflective of um, you know, uh, New Zealand, uh, people that come from New Zealand anyway. I, I've always found them very humble. Uh, mm. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's really about that. And I, I think it sets a powerful message. And I, I, I think the other thing is, it doesn't matter what your rank is. It doesn't matter what your status is. Actually, you are willing to get down and rub shoulders with the person next to you yeah. and sweep the floor. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how much you're getting paid, uh, and and that makes that makes you human uh, for a start, uh, which I think people readily uh, appreciate. And and actually. Um, you know that, that that Ford is a a really strong bond and a really strong connection. So, so so those small little things, and I guess in in the corporate world, you know what would that look like? I mean, even the smallest thing, just going around saying morning to people, connecting yeah. with people. You know, how's your day going, etc. Mm. You know, uh, help. You know, as in your field, coaching. Uh, taking on that mentorship road it's it's developing those relationships and I, I i going back to your point of so how do you how do you forge a culture uh in an organization in a sporting team um and and you're right you're right you have to re reiterate the message all the time and i actually think part of if you look at uh induction processes as well induction is usually around processes yeah. you know um I haven't seen many. I've seen a few that are are couched around uh, the culture. You know, going back to my point, this is who we are. This is how we do things around here. Um, so they fully understand that, um, and, and in many ways that becomes a becomes a bit of a filter because actually, if your if your values don't resonate with that organization's values, and then I, then I would suspect you might not last that long. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I I go back, it's definitely, you know, taking that ego out of the equation, being humble, being human, being available, uh, and I, I appreciate that's difficult in large organizations, but you can cascade that responsibility down to, Leaders at all levels. Yeah, um, You know, it's not just about the CEO go
0: around to everyone. In. No, I, I absolutely agree. Let's, um, let's bring it perhaps closer to, to home now for us as, as individuals and, and those that are listening or the listener to, yeah. to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I, I discovered, uh, it was interesting, I, I probably have done more reading around uh, psychology, self-help, personal development since leaving the military than i ever did when i was in and I, I often wonder knowing if i knew then what i know now how much of a better leader might i've been but then equally you go through life learning all these lessons and the one thing i i've had a personal sort of purpose statement if you like for the last 12 years or so but it's only recently i've i've really lent on it heavily um you know I, i've said in various posts you know i have suffered with uh, sort of mild depression and yeah. and down times and things like this and it's one thing to, and this goes back to the point of really living, it. it's one thing to have a, a purpose statement, it's one thing to have a, a set of values, but when you go massively out of whack with them, out of alignment with them, you realize how important they are when you can re-tether back to it. And part of my journey, and going public with just talking about it, because we all know now, and sort of mental health is, is really important to talk about, yeah. mm-hmm. is actually um, realizing how far adrift I was from being aligned with my purpose, and, yeah. and getting that. Uh, alignment and congruence back has helped me massively, but I'm somebody in the self-help field. I'm somebody in this, and it's like even I forgot to swallow my own medicine. So, uh, tell me about how your purpose and and your values have, have helped you sort of navigate life's sort of tribulations and, and troubles.
1: Yeah I guess um, and I'd say I've only refined mine down to where I really think they should be probably in the last couple of years Um, but I think intuitively they were also there and that probably emanated from you know when I was growing up as a child I grew up in Cornwall and then Devon um, and um, I was kind of uh, so I I went to a a school in Newquay comprehensive and then luckily my mum got a, a job as a As a matron at at an independent school in North Devon uh, on Exmoor, uh, called West Buckland, and um, this sounds amazing.
0: By uh, the way, this sounds idyllic where you grew up. Yeah,
1: honestly. Although you know, (coughs) at night it looks a bit like Dartmoor Prison. But I mean, it's um, it 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 got thrust into this from a you know, um, I guess you know, a comprehensive uh, into this really new environment, surrounded by, I guess. fellow pupils that came from, I would say, slightly more um, affluent backgrounds. My mother, you know, I was a single parent. Uh, mom, she was working, you know, she wouldn't have been earning a fortune, but luckily we got a bursary to go to school. But anyway, thrust into this great environment of uh, that had real structure and and real really lived their values. You know, it was a very sporting school. Um, I, went to, I was there when Jonathan Edwards was was there uh Steve Ajomo and Victor Ubugu, who are both ex uh, England and Bath players yeah. so it was a real sort of golden Stella. era of sport yeah yeah and um, and you know they've reputedly got reputedly got the got the, um, the longest cross country run in in the UK which is uh, it, it was quite torturous actually so you walked the Exmoor which is the final run for the senior it was you walked 8 mi- miles out to the start, and then you ran 10 miles back across Exmoor, as you can, as wow. you can imagine the terrain. Mm. Um, but it was all that experience and the people I was rubbing shoulders with that I think, for me, forged where I went then. You know, it, it really was about, okay, well, what is my what is my direction in life? And that, that kind of drove me into, I guess, joining the Army. Uh, a lot of my peers uh, went the Sandhurst route, and but I, I knew I wanted a different journey uh, and at the core i wanted to join i couldn't do it that way so I, I chose a different route but i joined an organization that in many ways shared the same sort of values self-discipline you know really you know i guess designing your future which th- which the army allows you to do it allows mm. you to go and have a go at whatever you want to be honest so i think that was the kind of bedrock of where my sort of purpose and values uh, happened. And then I guess through my army career, um, you know, they just get f- got, uh, more and more forms sort of chiseled away. Um, and, and in many ways, I mean, this isn't meant to be a negative, uh, going back to your point of they, that, that was fundamental having those kind of pillars of my purpose, which are really simple. I, I, you know, I, I sort of have three pillars. One is family, uh, self-fulfillment and then legacy. Now, I keep it simple, but there's obviously a lot more complexity to that. I can unpack those, you know, to mean lots of different things and bring in. But I came to the point where I just felt that the career I was on didn't fit fit with those pillars, I guess, and didn't tick those boxes. Yeah. Uh, certainly with family and self-fulfillment and so I chose to leave and, and, and so I think you're absolutely right uh, when you come to those kind of critical decisions and the reason you know that as well I think is that you can just feel the friction as well I think you can feel the friction in your personal life this yes. just doesn't feel right I yeah. don't feel this, this is still the right path for me I want to go and do something else so yeah
0: i think it's really important there i think you get to a point in your life where you recognize and identify the friction and you think well actually there's that's a sign now and i i guess it's if you could get to that place that that place of awareness before having to experience that friction then then great but i think sometimes and my own personal experience is you have to engage in that friction to understand what it is, what's driving that to go to the root cause. And, you know, yeah. and, and so we're back, we're coming full circle back to your point earlier on in, in this episode about really kind of going you know, fundamentally, what is the, the foundation, that purpose, those values and everything else like this. So we're coming to the sort the end of the, the episode now. and I, I always like yeah. to leave the listener with a, um, a sense of some of the things they might do if we assume that um, the, the one listener that's that's tuning in right now has perhaps never really engaged in thinking about purpose and, and values. What what kind of ideas can we leave them with that perhaps having listened to us could start to make a difference for them in this area that we're talking about?
1: Yeah. Uh, and clearly I was thinking about this over the last 24 hours. And uh, I think going back to what a point we've discussed already, you know, I've, I've heard people sort of dismiss purpose and say you can't really... Define purpose, you know, I, I, I think you can. And, and and I think it's helpful too. And I, uh, going back to our point that I think you need to take the time to do that. And, um, you know, and, and, and that can be formulated over, uh, you know, days, weeks, months, but just making notes and saying, you know, who am I? What, what is really my purpose on here? And for me, you know, fundamentally, it's about family. It's about looking after my family. And then everything else emanates from that. So it can be very personal, and uh, and it can be you know a lot wider in terms of your career. So I think, firstly, definitely spending some time and getting out into nature, you know, it's a great way of doing it, and and not rushing the process either. Yeah.
0: And Good point.
1: actually, even get engaging with uh, family, friends, etc., that you can trust to to have a conversation around this. Because I think for some people, it's a bit, woo, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> a bit out there. Um, I think, secondly, it's. Um, then, kind of, then transposing that and saying, right, like, what are, is what I'm currently doing? Does that really make me happy? And does that align back to that work that I've done? And and you see you see evidence of this all over the place. People changing jobs, you know, going off, starting their own business, etc. Uh, and and I think if there's a, a resounding yes, then fantastic, that's great. Um, I think if there's some real some real doubt around that, and no, then okay. Then, how the third point is, how do I use that kind of framework that I've built to then design the the life that I want, you know? And um, what are the stepping stones to get to where I want to be? So, I think just using and and bringing that sort of purpose, but also the values as well. And there was, um, just to give you an example, so when I left the military, there was a great book. It's a book on um, on finding a job, effectively. It's called Mm. What Color's My Parachute. Parachute.
0: Yeah, I read that as well, yeah.
1: Great book, and uh, I think it's chapter seven or somewhere. And it gets you—it gets you to do this kind of. I think they describe it as the flower, don't they? Your central philosophy, and then everywhere. Where do you want to work? Who do you want to work with? And it was a really good, uh, kind of logical process to go through to really identify. Actually, this is me where I want to be when I work, and I think that kind of same principle uh, can can apply to you know using your purpose and your values in terms of you know designing your own life so yeah i think for me that those three three elements uh, would be my sort of giveaway takeaway
0: no that's uh, brilliant i mean it speaks so much to what this podcast is all about is is uh, taking control um of where your life goes and the day by day moment by moment decisions and and having the awareness and i think Books like What Colors is My Parachute and all those other things are help you sort of get started with that. Because I think Al, uh, the one thing that we can be sure of is that your behaviors in your life will be driven by values and will be driven by some kind of purpose. It's whether you're conscious of that or not. And and if you're not conscious, you've got no way of really determining, well, actually, am I heading in the right direction? I'm heading in a direction, but it's probably going to be at the, the whim and behest of life and other people's plans. I think mm-hmm. so much of what we're speaking to here is, is starting with yourself and then if we all worked on ourselves, then actually we would have flourishing organizations we would have all the successes that we want uh, and i think sometimes we just go about it from the outside in where it actually it has to be from the the inside out and you know, for for those of us that are that, that listening to this 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 episode, you know, you and I come from you know pretty harsh sort of backgrounds in terms of the organisation, and there's nothing light and fluffy about you and I. <laughs> um, so, and, and uh, but to your point, a lot of people think that it is. They think it's a bit out there, or it's a bit you know a bit too Californian or whatever. But but this is really really serious stuff, and and you know the stuff we touched on there uh, we, we could i mean we have hit the 40 minute mark now so i'm going to we're going to bring it in but we could literally talk about this all day long which i think is just testament to why we kind of connected in the first place as there's yeah. there's real sort of resonance there uh, and we've barely scratched the surface on some of the stuff so so Al, i I want to well i'm so glad that you chose this podcast as your first um it, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you um i know we're in uh-huh. lockdown at the moment um but when all this kind of We emerge the other side which we will do I really look forward to to meeting with you um, and and having a drink and carry on the conversation and we'll have you back on for an episode 50 odd down the line how about that?
1: I look forward to that yeah and thanks very much for having uh, me on Peter it's been been a real pleasure actually and uh, my first one so uh, well, congratulations! Been, uh, I would say baptism of fire, <laughs> it's, been, <I> <laughs>
0: it's, it's
1: definitely been a good experience. So, yeah, thanks
0: well, very do. much. Uh, Al, thanks very much, and uh, I'll see you soon, mate. Yeah, too, mate. Bye. So, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, what a lovely chap Al Humes is, and considering we've just met online, I think it speaks to the power of uh, connection um, in these turbulent times we are where we can only connect online uh, but also speaks to the fact that when you're aligned with your purpose your values your mission you know conversation flows so I really enjoyed that one I hope you did too around exploring purpose and values and remember it's something which I think is foundational to great leadership uh, entrepreneurship being a great uh, partner be it in work or in your personal life so it's well worth going to work on your purpose and your values and and if we all did that as we said in the latter half there we'd have much better organizations much better communication and uh, we can affect some really positive change So if you'd like to continue the conversation, conversation is happening right now over on LinkedIn. Uh, Go find me if we've not connected. uh, Just search for Peter Lewis or Peter MJ Lewis. You'll find me there. Uh, Feel free to drop any comments, uh, send me a message, and also some ideas as to the subjects that you would like to be covered on future episodes on the Give Yourself the Chat podcast. But for now, stay healthy, enjoy yourself, and I'll see you on the next one.